0: Yo, yo, yo. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm great. Thanks for asking. You're here with me on this podcast. My name is Shane Told. The show is called Lead Singer Syndrome. I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band, and it happened. Today, it only took five years, over 250 episodes, but we have our first country music artist. His name is Tay Bay. He's from Canada. In fact, he grew up like 15 minutes for me. It's really crazy, but he is doing some wild stuff living down in Nashville, writing three number one hit songs for other artists in the last 18 months. And not to mention, he's got an awesome new EP that comes out tomorrow, actually. And, I'm pretty clear when speaking to him that I am not a country music expert in any way, shape, or form. But man, we talk about sports, we talk about some rock music too in this, and this dude is just super well-rounded and was a pleasure to have on the show. You're going to enjoy this one, especially if you're interested at all in the dark art of songwriting because this guy knows what's up. So welcome we actually did this one live on Twitch just a little while back, and Twitch is awesome. I am trying to do a whole bunch of the podcasts that you eventually hear right here on the feed, live with video and a little bit of interaction from you know the people on there. It's completely free, so please check it out. I'm trying to make Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time a thing, but it could really happen at any time, and there's so much more going on there. Last night, me and Mike Howell, we did This Is The New Shit on there, and it's really a good vibe. So make sure that you head over to Twitch, It's twitch.tv slash shanetold. Give me a follow. Remember, it's completely free, and it really does help support this thing. So yeah, twitch.tv slash shanetold. I know I've been pushing it hard, but I think it's the next generation. It's the next step forward, and I am really, really excited about it. Such a good vibe. I think you'll meet some friends over there too. But speaking of meeting friends, if you like the show, if you want to support it, Make sure you check out the All Access Club as well. The link for that is Leadsinger Syndrome.com slash All Access. And that gets you in for as little as $6 a month. It's a whole Patreon thing. You get all these perks. It's really great. And uh, again, the link for that is Leadsinger Syndrome.com slash All Access. Some news with me and my band Silverstein. We have announced the Out of This World concert series, three shows starting on Saturdays. February 6th, we're doing everything from a greatest hit set to our album, Discovering the Waterfront in Full, to a stripped-down acoustic performance, and there's so much more. You can get tickets and some really cool merch we made as well over at SilversteinStore.com. So that's some stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just enjoying the lockdown over here in Ontario. Got stopped by the cops a little while back. That was interesting. Nothing crazy, but we're trying to take it seriously up here and hopefully get the numbers down. And hey, at this point, I'll do anything if it means getting back out there, doing some podcasts in person, not to mention playing some live shows. Oh my God, I miss it so, so much. Also, you can get in touch with me if you want to, eh? I said, hey, oh my God, I, the Canadian is coming back in me. Is my accent back? I've heard from a few people that my Canadian accent is creeping back in, and it makes sense because I've been in Canada for almost a year straight now, which is a record in my adult life. But anyway, you can hit me up with an email if you want to get in touch, if you've got suggestions for the show or anything else at all. My email address is syndrome at gmail.com. Yeah, that's about it. Twitch, don't forget. All Access Club, don't forget. But here it is. My conversation with country music star and songwriter extraordinaire, Tebey.
1: It happened on a Saturday night. Drove a little too fast. Kissed a little too slow.
0: Hey, man, what's up, man? Thanks for doing this. Hey, no worries. Anytime. This is uh, this is cool. You know, um, if you look behind me, you see a bunch of like punk posters and shit like that. Uh, I don't talk to a lot of country artists. In fact, I have never had a country artist on the show before. So this is um, this is cool for me.
2: Yeah, man, this is cool for me too. I love doing
0: this. Yeah. So, uh, man, what's crazy if right off the top is we're from like the same neck of the woods almost exactly. Uh, I grew up in, oh, really? I grew up in Oakville.
2: Oh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was born in in Peterborough and spent some time there and then uh, yeah, I mean, I, the majority of my time I grew up in Burlington, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I saw I saw in, I think on like Wikipedia that you uh you went to Assumption High School. Uh, I went to White Oaks. So, you know, both Halton in the same Halton region. Um, I didn't play football, so we didn't play football against each other. I played basketball. Nice. I think it's so funny, too, because, you know, I've been following your career, and I know, you know, about your early days, and you went down to Nashville. I always, I just picture a kid from Canada explaining to somebody in the U.S., like, especially if you're down in, like, the South or something, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I I played football in high school.
2: Like in Canada, <laughs> it's not yeah. the same
0: as in Texas.
2: It doesn't really hold uh, hold the same uh, effects, you know. Uh, Anywhere here in the south, I mean, I'm in Tennessee, but yeah, I mean, you'll have three, four thousand people at a game, which is uh,
0: you know, I
2: know. equivalent to uh, to a Canadian college. Uh, football uh, game, uh, I guess. Oh, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah,
0: in, in high school, at least at my high school, we're lucky to have like 50 people, literally. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's just yeah. the way it is. So I, I just think that's a, a really funny thing. But people know you now from for, obviously, your solo career, uh, especially up in Canada, uh, emerging everywhere else, but also your songwriting. But I kind of want to take the journey back a little bit. You know, you grew up in Canada, in my area, and... At a very young age, you kind of like won a singing contest, and you found yourself kind of heading down to Nashville.
2: Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy ride over over the course of my career, many ups and downs and, and winding roads. But yeah. yeah, I moved to Nashville. I played a lot of high school football. So basically, what happened was, starting at fifteen, I would live in Nashville. Um, starting the second semester of school there in in Halton. Um, I would play football from, uh, September to, to January or December, and then, uh, we move to Nashville and, uh, pursue this, this music thing.
0: Nice. What was your family structure like when you were growing up, uh, you know, in Canada? I know I read that you went down to Nashville with your father and your mom stayed back and you guys actually moved there, like take the plunge at, at such a young, young age.
2: Yeah, I mean, I moved to Nashville on and off, as I said, when I was 15 and my dad went with me, you know, obviously being a minor. Um, so my dad quit his job and moved to Nashville and my mom stayed back home with uh, with my siblings. And uh, it was an interesting time, you know, because I was actually uh, pretty good at football. I was a, a high school a Canadian a wide receiver and wow. uh, was pretty heavily recruited to play football uh division one football in the u.s you know schools like nebraska and ucla and stuff so wow that was uh you know that my my whole life could have taken a completely different turn had i decided (laughs) to uh to pursue football in the states as opposed to music but at the end of the day music uh you know music was what i wanted to do and, and here i am uh you know 15 years later still in the game
0: that's crazy. That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah, I know you're a big. Uh, well, I think you're a big Raptors fan because you're always wearing the hat. I got um, I got my championship hat on right now.
1: Yeah, I didn't wear it today, but
2: um, you know what? You know what's funny is I actually went to game one of the NBA finals, and uh, oh, cool. we were sitting we were sitting like ten rows up there, uh, not too far from Drake. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that's sick. That, that was really cool, man. That's something I'll never forget. And you know, I just, I had to make sure I was there in the building. Just you know, being from Canada, it's such a momentous um, circumstance to have the 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 NBA Finals be in Canada for the first time, and to be at game one and to hear the national anthem. And it was just, it was incredible. That's something I'll, I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, for sure. Especially with, you know, you're around my age. I think you're you're uh, two years younger than me. I'm 30, I'm, I'm turning 40 in a month, actually. Two okay, is, yeah. Uh, scary. The- <laughs> but uh, so, you know, I remember, you know, I was in high school when the Raptors became a team. So I remember before the Raptors came in and then how horrible they were and they were playing in the sky dome and it was just awful. And then, you know, for them to actually win an NBA championship kind of against all odds, you know, um, a lot of players don't want to play in Canada, you know, all that. And for them to do it was, was really, really special. So I I agree. I I think I was looking at, you know, StubHub and stuff for some of those tickets. And it was like, you, you, you're in like the Sprite zone (laughs) Yeah. For like, I don't know, twenty five hundred dollars, like minimum, yeah. to get in the building. So I was like, I, I can't. But there is a piece of me that, you know, it would have been amazing to be there. I mean, wow.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it's it was just incredible. Um, the atmosphere, even you know, I tell people walking up to the arena, you know, you park your car and then you go on the the track to get to the actual uh, Air Canada Center. I guess it's the Scotia Bank Arena right. now. But yeah, yeah. Um, just seeing hundreds of media trucks uh, from, from Japan to the States to NBC sports to just to see all that stuff was pretty crazy. Uh, you know, the whole world media ascending on, uh, our beautiful city of Toronto. It was yeah. really cool.
0: Yeah, it is. It is really cool. So, um, you live in Canada right now. Or are you, or are you in the no, States? No,
2: no, I'm here in Nashville. Um, we have a place in Canada in Niagara on the Lake, but, oh, yeah. um, not too far from down the road there from, from Oakville and Burlington. But, uh, yeah, know we've lived here in Nashville, uh, Per, pretty much permanently since 2008. So it's been a minute.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. So let's talk about some of your stuff going on. I mean, you've got a, a new EP, The Good Ones. It is out on January 22nd. That's very soon, about a week away. Exactly yep. a week away. Uh, the title title track single already has 3 million plays on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this might be uh, you know, the EP that kind of makes... People start noticing, you know, your songs that you're writing for yourself as opposed to some of the number one hits that you've been writing for other people?
2: Yeah, I think I think with me, it's just been a slow and steady climb um, as far as the artist thing is concerned. You know, everyone has a different path uh, to success. And um, as you mentioned you know, I've done a lot of songwriting for some pretty big artists over the years, and, and that's been great. Because um, you know it, it affords you some financial security while you're chasing this um, this you know this thing as an artist. But yeah, I mean for me, uh, it just it's just been a long and, and winding road. Uh, yeah. uh, some artists kind of come out the gate flying, and, and that wasn't the case for me. It's really taken the last seven or eight years of building the fan base, and we still got a long way to go. But um, you know, doing the Good Ones tour, my first ever headline tour back in uh, in February, right before. You know, the shit kind of hit the fan here with COVID. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, But we got that in, and that was really cool. You know, it was my first time ever doing a tour where uh, my name was on the marquee. It was it was my responsibility to sell tickets. Right. Um that's huge. That's a huge responsibility, and it's also very scary. Um, but I trusted the process. I trusted how much success we've had over the last couple of years, and, and it was good. And uh, people showed up, and they sang along, and, and I can't wait to get out there and do it again.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, no, I saw. I think it was February seventh. You played at the Opera House, um, yeah. in Toronto. Which you know, for that, for me, like, growing up, and maybe you too. That's where I saw so many bands, like all my favorite yep. bands. Um, but but you know, talking about growing up, what music were you into? Were you always into country music uh, as a young person? Because as popular as it is in Canada, you know, it's it's a far cry from Nashville. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I grew up listening to everything. I really did. And when I say everything, I mean, like, I had Nirvana and live CDs mm-hmm. mixed in with, man, Alan Jackson and Boys yeah. to Men. I mean, it's just been, I've always loved music, you know. I mean, I was at, uh, who did I see recently? I saw Tool. Oh, yeah. I was uh, at the, uh, the Scotiabank Arena last, uh, last year. Saw Tool. Um, that was pretty awesome. I just love everything, man. A great song is a great song, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And you know, I wish I wish some people had the same uh, eclectic taste that I do, because there's just so much great— pardon me, so much great music out there for people to to consume, all different genres.
0: Well, you know, as a songwriter, I think that's important. I I don't know if you 100% agree with me, but I mean, you're you're taking, uh, you know, a a genre like country, which I have to be, be the first to admit, I don't know that much about. Mm-hmm. Um I I know I was mad about country music for a little while because my favorite radio station here in Windsor, I live in Windsor. Mm-hmm. Uh this pretty awesome rock station, they just yeah. like went country overnight. And I was like, "Oh no, I'm I'm sure they're playing you. It's great for you." But I was like, Oh, do we need another country station? Like we don't have enough rock stations." You know, um uh, b- but but you know, growing up with different kinds of music like, you know, you talk about live and then you talk about Alan Jackson and That must have given you a lot of tools in the toolbox, you know, you know, for writing songs uh, in, you know, in that genre.
2: Yeah, I've always just loved everything. Um, And I just uh, I try to bring those influences into my music as well. And, and, you know, we've been pretty successful with that. And so, yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun experimenting with different uh, different styles of music that I can kind of put into into country.
0: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, just, just so people know what kind of context we're talking about with your songwriting. I mean, we've got artists, uh, the list is massive, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a few out of here. One Direction, Flo Rida, uh, Fifth Harmony. I mean, these are, you know, not just country artists, you're writing all kinds of music too. So uh, how do you like from a technical perspective and, and don't be afraid to get too lengthy and too technical, on your, your approach, because I think a lot of people are interested really in how that works. You know, what do you, how do you start? How do you interact with the artist? How does that all work?
2: Um, it's, it's, it's different every time. I mean, I kind of made a conscious effort, uh, when I was younger in my early twenties to start going overseas to Sweden, um, because a lot of American pop music is made in Sweden. Uh, people just don't realize, so. I did a lot of that in uh, traveling to London UK and in and LA. I and I just realized from an early age that you got to you got to start the grind early if you want to have success major success in this business scene. Um and, and yeah, I've been lucky enough to work and produce with a lot of amazing artists over the years. It's been it's been really really cool. Cool. So so
0: what what do you typically do though? Do you, like you get on a computer? Do you, do you do you write in your DAW or do you pick up a guitar? Like how what's your kind of if you're like if you were gonna write a song right now how would you take that first step i think that that's something people are really interested in knowing
2: um it really changes every time uh it depends on who i'm working with and kind of what genre i'm working in as well mm-hmm. um yeah i mean if i'm writing something country then it's obviously going to start from a more organic place um guitar or piano just kind of sit down with some co-writers or by myself but when I'm doing pop music, uh, usually the track is already there. Uh, I'm collaborating with people that um, are very good producers and, and they, they know kind of what's current and what's happening right now. And they usually have some kind of vibe going on. And then I just, I walk in and they call it the top line, right? The lyric and the melody right. that goes over these tracks is called right. the top line. So I've just, you know, had some success being a top line guy and writing hit melodies and uh, over these right. amazing pop tracks.
0: Right. Is that something that comes pretty naturally to you because i mean you know I, and I've, i'm a writer myself and i know that there's sometimes songs when i'll just not even really think about it i'll just be like yeah this is like a you know pretty melody that i think is like catchy enough and so we'll be like oh my god that melody's insane how did you come up with that yeah. i'm like i don't know and then other times you kind of you know based on what the chord progression is or or some of the you know phrasing it can be a struggle
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah, it can be a struggle sometimes. And, and that's the thing with writing songs. You never know what you're going to get that day. Mm. You're basically just trying to, uh, to catch lightning in a bottle. Right. And sometimes you got to sit there for many hours, and sometimes, you know, songs take a year. To write um it really just varies uh, what kind of mood you're in uh the the songwriting gods what they're uh what they're saying <laughs> that day and right. my co-writers uh, i've had sure. some I've, I've written some hit songs that were very very easy to write for me um and of course you never know it's a hit you just gotta try to write the best thing you can right yeah. But um right. i've had i've had times like that and then there's been times where i'll sit there and stare at my co-writer for five hours because I've got nothing to say and they've got nothing to say. So I'm like, forget this. Let's go to the bar. Let's have some fun. <laughs> there you go. We'll reconvene at another time.
0: Yeah. No, no. I love that. Uh, of, of the songs that you've had a lot of success with, you know, I see the, the plaques behind you, you know, number one hits, which would you say you were the most surprised that it resonated with people? And were, was there any songs that you wrote that you were, that you thought were, you know, should have been bigger kind of were underrated
2: i mean sure uh but the thing is that i've learned and this has really kind of helped with my mental health throughout this whole uh career Mm -hmm. climb uh, and fall (laughs) Uh, it's just that music is subjective it always has been and it always will be so you're basically just trying to make music that the most people are going to want to relate to um. So that's all I try to do. I mean, I never know it's a hit song. There's songs that I think, uh, I think could be a hit or should have been, and they weren't. Yeah. You know, it comes down to the people's uh, subjectiveness. They they either like it or they don't. Um. And then uh, circumstance. There's so many circumstances surrounding this business, whether it's radio or right timing, or you get the press that you need at a certain time. So there's just there's so many x factors that can kind of contribute to to what. Eventually becomes a hit song, and I can't control those things. Half the time, all no. I can do is write the best music I can.
0: Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's the approach you got to take. Yeah, you have you have this you have a personality. I can see why it works. You know. For oh, you. really? Yeah, like yeah, because you're you know you're not just trying to tell me how it is. You know, you're you're kind of like well, there's a lot of give and take, and I really think that that is the case with music. And a lot of people maybe realize that that so much there's so much art to it. And the technical side doesn't always matter, right? You can write an amazing song yeah. that's super simple, and everyone loves that you wrote in five minutes, and you can you can just be so ardu- arduous, like, and never even finish the song, and it sucks, you know. And it really, it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, dark art. I've had someone call it on the show before. Yeah, like dark I mean, this, the music business is one of the hardest
2: business to be successful in. It really is. And I think that any any songwriter or successful artist or producer will tell you that. You really um, you really have to want it. You know, a lot of people ask me, they'll come up to me at meet and greets at shows and be like, you know, I want to be in the business. I want to be an artist or a songwriter. What advice could you give to me? And the first thing I say is how bad do you want it? Right. You have to really want I mean, I moved to Nashville when I was 15 years old. Because I knew this is what I wanted to do for a living. And I think um, people have to be willing to, to to sleep on a buddy's couch for a couple of years and be absolutely broke um, <laughs> eating ramen noodles there you go. Want yeah. to truly make it in this business. I mean, I struggled for many, many years um, and have so many highs and so many lows. Uh, probably more lows than highs, to be honest with you. But um, I, I'm one of the few ones that has been able to eke out a career in the music business over the last, uh, you know, 10 years because the business is really is changing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I, I just picture, you know, you going down to Nashville for the first time and, you know, I don't know what that street's called in Nashville where they have, you know, a band playing in like every single bar. Oh, lower Broadway. Right. And, and like you go in any of those bars any night of the week and you'll walk in and you'll see somebody playing like the shittiest Squire guitar through like this, 80s pv amp and they sound incredible you know and they're so good and it's like you have to be good to be playing in nashville and that is it has a reputation for that but i bet going down there when you're 15 like that must have been like how bad do you want it you must want it real bad to be able to you know compete down there
2: yeah i mean it's one thing to to be successful um in the regional um, you know, because a lot of artists they'll they'll play regionally whether they're from North Carolina and they'll kind of play that East Coast thing or te- Texas, part right. B or whatever yep. it may be. Um, there's so many uh, people that are very talented where they're from, and then they get to Nashville and they realize that it's a, on a totally another level. Um, whether you're into country music or not, um, Nashville is just filled with so many talented people. I mean, a lot of a lot of pop artists. Um, are are working or living here. I mean, I've worked with like Nick Carter and the Backstreet Boys, and that's only because Nick lives here in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and we happen to have a mutual friend. So that's kind of how things come together. But but yeah, Nashville, there's so many different talented people. You go down to Lower Broadway uh, in Nashville and you, you check out, we call them honky tonks. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. go into the honky tonks, man. And there's people that can sing and play circles around me and a lot of the superstars yeah. in this genre. Um, so much talent, but you know, half the time, as you know, it's not only about talent; it's about right place and right time, and and just stay in the course. And um, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it. Yeah, there's a big difference
0: between music and football. I mean, you made that co- comparison uh, earlier, right? Like, it, it, there's no yeah. music uh, NFL combine, <laughs> you know, where like, okay, who can who can run the fastest, right? Who can catch all these passes? Like, there's no to get into the music. There's no test like that right like nobody cares who can sing the highest or who can shred the fastest or whatever right it's there are so many more factors and and that's a beautiful thing i think
2: yeah it's cool i mean um yeah you're right there's no there's no football combines you can't really go to school and 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 learn how to play you know write how to write songs i mean i guess you kind of can um there's a couple universities here in town that offer right uh, Belmont University here in town, they offer um, a full four-year music industry course. And I'm sure it's very, it's good for people that are not familiar with kind of how the business works. But, um, uh, you know, I've always been a big fan of on the job. Uh, You know, you're learning on the job. You're getting your 10,000 hours by being on Music Row every day and in Nashville every day, surrounded by the best. And that's another thing I tell people that are looking to move to Nashville. If you want to be the best, you got to be surrounded by the best so you know what you're up against. And I think that's why it's so important to move to, uh, you know, if you're in to country music, move to Nashville. If you want to be uh, a rock star, you, you know, get your ass to L.A. because you, you got to <laughs> be around the best that's so
0: that's very true and a lot of people you know rock stars are moving to, to nashville too i think part of it is just because nashville is so much cheaper <laughs> you know and it was like it seemed like all my friends within a couple of years ended up moving down to nashville uh not in the country world so yeah. it's a it's a growing music scene like you said um, absolutely it's so it's so
2: affordable to live here i mean i go back to toronto and i'm just like i can't believe these these housing prices and what you get for a million dollars in in the Toronto area, which is honestly not that much. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of got in on the Nashville real estate secret pretty early. And, yeah, the uh, secrets the secrets definitely out now. Uh, Nashville, <laughs> yeah, Nashville's a really hot market. It's a great place to live. I think a lot of people from Los Angeles are moving to Nashville uh simply because they can still be in the music business and not yeah. have to pay uh, you know a $7,000 a month mortgage to live here. So <laughs> yeah, I really I love Nashville. I love the people here. It's uh, a lot of Canadians running around. You know, we we kind of call my my house the Canadian embassy because there's always somebody here uh from Canada. Nice.
0: Are you a hockey fan by any chance? I am yeah I'm
2: a huge hockey fan huge Leafs fan nice. I actually have uh, a really cool uh autographed Austin Matthews framed jersey Oh so uh, that I got I actually got it from my charity golf tournament and uh I had to spend a pretty penny to get my hands on that Austin Matthews official uh autographed jersey from my fa- my friends at the Toronto Maple Leafs
0: That's nice that's very cool yes I threw on my Matthews jersey uh just two nights ago for for opening night got the win yeah. Don't know if they deserve the win against Montreal, but uh, got it anyway. So that was good.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's the first, it's the first game, but it's also they didn't really have any, they didn't have any proper games uh, right. preseason. It was all scrimmages, right? So, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Leafs fan. They have got what it takes to win. I just think that they needed the last three or four years for the big four to learn how to play together, and that's why I'm so excited for uh, Joe Thornton to be on the team because he kind of takes over where Patrick Marleau, yeah. Um, was like that senior player, that veteran on the team that that gives them um, you know some kind of presence in the, in the in the in the locker room.
0: There you go. Well, the man knows his hockey. I like this. This. Is good. <laughs> well, you know, you you move down to the states uh, at a fairly young age, like maybe you lose that a little bit. Although Nashville no. is kind of a hockey town now, with you know some of the success of the Predators. I feel like yeah! I mean, football I mean- will always be the biggest, but you know.
2: It is no, it's 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 become a hockey town. Uh, it'll always be football, of course, Tennessee Titans. But um, you go to a national game, and it's usually sold out. There's a lot. I mean, they've been good as well. You know, they've come a lot closer to winning a cup recently than, than, the, than the Leafs have, yeah. which is crazy. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm still <laughs> I'm still always a Leafs fan. I've never been a Predators fan. No offense to Predators fans, but I mean, I'm from Toronto. Uh, nice. I love my Leafs, nice. and all I want is uh, on my bucket list before I die. I want to see them win a cup.
0: Yeah, man. I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. So uh, being, you know, being a you know, Canadian uh, black country singer, have you found, you know, people have been mostly supportive and not closed minded because obviously there's some pretty brutal stereotypes about, you know, racism in the country music scene, yeah. like, you know, not, not that I claim to know everything about it at all, but I just imagine, you know, there's just not that many black country
2: artists. Well, I mean, there actually, now there is. You know, for the longest time, uh, country music was definitely a a thing for for white people, Caucasian people. Um, But I think over the last 10 years, I mean, there's an artist back in the day, back in the 70s named Charlie Pride. Of course. um, He recently passed away. And Charlie was like the first black, Superstar in country music, and it was ultimately because people didn't know what he looked like. Right? They would they would release the music. I mean, we're talking about the '60s, so they you know he would release music and he'd, be, he'd say Charlie Pride on the front, and there be no there be no pictures. So wow. people for the longest time didn't even know that Charlie Pride was black. But um, you know, in recently, I mean, one of the biggest artists we have in country music, a guy named Kane Brown. Yeah. Um, Kane is a young black kid, yeah. uh, you know, lighter skin like myself, but he's still. He's absolutely crushing it. He's one of the superstars. You got Darius Rucker. Yep. Uh, there's there's quite a few. Jimmy Allen is another one. So I think it's a. I think we're past that point now in country music where it was only for a certain group of people. Um, I've never had really any issues, um, especially back home in Canada, because we all know how Canadians are, and we're so diverse. And right, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's been great. It's been a great run. I, I just you know, there's always there's always a, a, a keyboard warrior every once in a while that's got something yeah. to say. Um, but I don't, I don't let that bother me. I don't, I, you know, I try not to, to, to take offense to that type of stuff. Uh, cause I think when people, re- you know, lash out on social media, whether it's towards me or my, or, or something else, you know, ultimately it's just cause they're not happy with themselves. Um, so I've, I've learned that very early on and just, just try to ignore the people that have got something negative to say for sure man no
0: i i had to ask you you know i just wonder about that that you know and, and obviously like i am a, i'm a super progressive person mm-hmm. and i like to think that things are getting better uh and i think overall they have but of course then you have you know racists storming the capital and all this stuff happening yeah. too and you know that there is this underlying these people that believe you know close-minded shit so you know i i'm glad to hear that you know, you, here you are being as successful as ever. And, you know, um, I love, I love to see that.
2: Yeah. I mean, those, listen, those people, those people that are, that are doing those things. I mean, recently with the capital riots and, and all that stuff, I mean, they're, they're a minority. Um, it may not, it may not look like that when you see them on TV and there's so many of them, but yeah, let's not forget that America has 360 million people, I believe. Um, so they're going to have a higher majority of, of complete idiots than, uh, than we are in Canada <laughs> with our, with our, you know, barely forty forty million. 40 million. Right, it's just sheer numbers. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a numbers game. Uh, but I miss, I mean, I miss Canada. I miss the people. Um, there really is a special way of life in Canada. Um, yes, things are more expensive than, than down here sometimes, but, um, I just, you know, it's just the, the politeness even as well, you, you, I mean, the border crossing the border, the border agent that I had was super nice, super friendly. And you just don't, you, sometimes you just don't see that as much, uh, down here in the U S
0: right. Right. Well, we, you would know, have you been back to Canada since, you know, COVID and all that, or have you been staying down there?
2: No, we, uh, we come home every year, my family and I, uh, my wife and my two kids, we come home and, um, we did it this year. The hardest part was the, the 14 day quarantine. Yeah. That was really, really hard. Um, luckily we have a friend who let us use their cottage, which is right on the lake up in Muskoka. So that, that helped considerably, but just being cooped up, uh, for 14 days was really tough, but then we were able to get out and we, uh, we had some, we had some fun. Yeah, and then you don't have
0: to quarantine when you get back to the states, right? They don't care.
2: They really don't care. <laughs> I know. I
0: thought that that was weird, but I they guess they're like, "Oh, you're coming from Canada. You're probably good. You're probably clean."
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're fine.
0: <laughs> so I do see that you have um, you do have one show booked for August, uh, Boots and Hearts, which is a big deal for people that don't know. Uh, you know, in Toronto area, they get like what, like fifty thousand. A day or something easily. At least. Easily, wow. I mean, I,
2: I kind of started my career with Boots and Hearts. There, um, they have a thing called the Emerging Artist Showcase, and uh, I actually won that. I won that competition the first year, and Sweet. just been kind of moving towards growing my career ever since. So, but yeah, no, Boots and Hearts is great, amazing festival for anyone watching this. If you're ever in the Toronto area in August, and you uh, even remotely like country music or even if you don't and you just want to go and drink and have fun with your friends, right? Um, Boots and hearts is easily the best festival. It's, it's incredible. 50,000, 60,000 a day. I, I highly recommend.
0: It's true. A lot of my, you know, punk rock friends have gotten into country music over the past, you know, and they're in their older years and they're just like, yeah. it's fun. Like you just go and everyone has a good time. And it seems like a really, really great community. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're immersed in it and uh, a scene I wish I knew more about.
2: Yeah, it's, oh, it's great. I mean, the the camaraderie in the Canadian, especially in the Canadian country music industry. um, I just think there's a, I think there's a certain humility that comes along with being uh, in the country music genre um, that you may not see in others. Um, So yeah, I think ultimately at the end of the day, we are rooting we're genuinely rooting for our colleagues. Um, if I don't win an award, it's okay. Uh, I don't really care because I, I respect yeah. and I like the people that I'm up against. Right. Uh, genuinely. So, yeah, it's a great community.
0: No, that is. And I don't think that exists in all in all scenes of music, for sure. No, it does, I was, try, it I was trying to be
2: played. <laughs> yeah, it does
0: not exist everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Uh, do you think that that, you know, I mean, for, for crossing our fingers for August, doing that giant festival in Toronto, I mean, I, I would say it doesn't look good, but are you just kind of staying cautious, cautiously optimistic?
2: I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, as far as I know from what I've heard from uh, the, the organizers and several different promoters mm-hmm. across Canada, I mean, they're optimistic. They're hope, hoping that um, festivals will happen. Um, you know, let's not, let's not forget about the musicians as well that um, are not able to, to make a living. I mean, all of my band guys are really not working, and I don't know if they can survive a second summer of no live music. Uh, I'm not really sure if the government, I think there's some kind of subsidy situation going on with the Canadian government, but down here there definitely isn't. Um, and a lot of people are being affected, uh, by, I mean, that's one of the, one of the last things on people's mind, I'm sure, uh, when we're in the middle of a pandemic that only happens once every hundred years, um, you know, live music's probably not the, the, the first thing on people's minds, but, um, there's a lot of, a lot of folks out there that depend on playing live. Uh, for our pleasure and uh, they can't do it. So it's it's been tough.
0: Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, have you done any sort of live streaming or, or anything like that? I, I feel like you would do a great job on there.
2: Yeah, I have. I haven't done a ton. Um, you know, to be completely honest with you, social media is quite tough for me. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the biggest fan. I think I'm just like a generation behind it or something, you know. Um, so I do, I do the best that I can and I try to open up my life to, to people and, and do these live stream things. But, um, yeah, I think, I think I need to start doing some
0: more. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, before I let you go, um, and I open up the floor to any questions anybody might have for Tebe as well, but, uh, this new EP, the good ones, which is out, uh, just in, a, in about a week, yeah. uh, talk to me about this. I mean, how did, did this come together as kind of a, a collection of songs? Cause I know you released some singles over the last little while, Uh, Or is there is there kind of an underlying theme uh, to this to this record? What what was kind of your approach?
2: Because ultimately these are the good ones um, (laughs) that I've I've written. I tried to be clever with that. Um, I, I I write songs all the time, and I and I write a lot of bad songs. Believe it or not, not horrible, but bad. And uh, these were the good ones. These were the good ones from the, pa- the batch of songs that we decided to uh, make an album from. And then obviously the good ones, uh, the song, the single did really well for us. And, and then the tour that I had in February was called the Good Ones Tour. So yeah, it, kind of just made, it kind of just made sense. I'm excited to get music out. I'm excited for people to hear the music. Um, the hardest thing is obviously not being able to play it for them live because that's, that's why we do it. Yeah, uh, we know. ultimately make music to play live in front of the fans. Um, so that's been difficult, but hopefully we're going to get back to it at some point in 2021.
0: So I have to ask you this. So when you have a, a bad song on your hands, <laughs> when you know it's a bad song, do you just scrap it? Do you try to fix it? Do you say, okay, I got to get through this one. Cause maybe I'm missing something here or, or what's kind of your approach? Uh, you know, with that,
1: Oh, that's a tough one.
0: Um, Oh, I know it's a tough one. That's why I'm asking.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Some, it it varies. Uh, I'd like to think that at this point in my career, I don't really write any terrible songs, but they're songs that definitely aren't uh, aren't what I would consider a smash. Uh, So those ones usually get tossed into a pail and I light it on fire. Um, And I'm just joking, by the way. Uh, But yeah, no, it's... uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of great songs and a lot of bad ones and I just try to pick the ones that I love the most. I mean, that's 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 all I can do at the end of the day because, you know, we talked about music being subjective. Um, but at least with my with my fans, I feel like I know what they like from me and they've been really gracious about letting me uh, experiment and have some fun and not just, yeah. uh, you know, I, there's a term in the industry and it's like vanilla because everybody kind of likes vanilla. Um, it's oh, yeah, just, sure. It's, it's, a, it's a very safe, way to be. And there's, uh, there's some artists that um, are really concerned with getting on the radio and they kind of know that they need to make music uh, that maybe sounds a certain way so they can get on a, on a, on a playlist. But and I th- you see that in all genres. But for me, I just kind of don't give a shit. I just, I've always just done whatever I wanted to do. And, and I've always felt that if a song is good enough, then it will break down those initial barriers that um that the industry or radio or anybody may have so i just try to make great songs for
0: sure for sure so there's eight tracks on this on this uh new ep so it's a long ep it's a short full length or a long ep whichever way you want to look at it uh how many did you write that didn't make it if this is the good are we talking like Uh, 20 or are we talking like 120
2: um probably like 30 or 40 that didn't make it wow because I ca- I just I write all the time. Like I don't consciously sit down and be like, okay, I need to make a record. I kind of just write all the time. And then uh, when it's time to make a record, I just start choosing songs. And if we have a hole uh, that needs to be filled, then I'll sit down and try to write it for that. But yeah, I just, uh, just always just try to write all the time. And then you, you figure out which ones are the best ones that you can put on the record.
0: It's crazy. Lyrically, like, I feel like that must be a challenge. Just, just when you sit down and, and you stare at that blank right. page... And you say, okay, like, where am I at? Or is it or is it kind of like as you're going, you're just sort of melodies popping in your head and like maybe a lyrical jump out here and there. And then you kind of just expand on that? Like that. I feel like that could be a very tough part though.
2: I think everybody has a different process to writing songs because there is no right or wrong way at the end of the day. For me, uh, I typically like to have the song title or at least some form of a lyric so I know where the song is going. It's very hard for me to sit down with a guitar or a piano and just start writing melodies uh, without knowing where that's going to go. Right. I always like to have at least the song title. Typically, uh, nine times out of 10 or 99 out of 100, I'll have the song title or what I think will be the title. It just makes the process so much easier. It's really hard when you're sitting in front of a, a blank piece of paper and you really have nothing to say. You're just trying to come up with something. I mean, that's I find that very difficult.
0: Yeah. Wow. Very, very interesting stuff. Very intriguing stuff. Uh, Tebe, thank you so much, uh, for, for taking the time. Sorry about the, the weird technical, uh, computer explosion, uh, that happened, but these I'll things happen big. and, and Twitch, the, the great thing about Twitch is how chill everybody is and, and such a good vibe. So thanks to everybody here. Um, I want to play a new song for the people, uh, when this airs on, uh, on the podcast side of things, the record will be out. So do you have a favorite from the, uh, from the record that I can play for everybody?
2: Yeah, I'd probably, I'd play shotgun rider, which is the brand new there single. And also before I forget, I just want to shout out my socials. Yes. I can use more followers. Uh, and it's Tebe music, T E B E Y music, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you happen to be on there and give us a follow, we'd appreciate it.
0: All right. Awesome. Tebey, thank you so much, man. I'll let you go. Peace and thank love, you, man. I it. Go Leafs,
2: go! Yes, we'll see you later, man. <laughs> see you later. Bye.
0: Bye now. So there it is with Bay. Hell of a nice guy. Hell of a songwriter and hell of a singer too. I love his videos and everything he's got going on. I'm not a country music guy, but I can see the appeal in this. And I really enjoy it. So I think you will, too. Give it a chance. You may be surprised. And his new EP, The Good Ones, is out tomorrow, if you're listening to this when it airs. Otherwise, it's already out. So check it out anywhere you get your music. I want to thank him so much for taking the time, coming on Twitch with me. And I cut it out of the podcast, but literally, I had a computer practically explode. It just went boom like click, I made this weird clicking sound and turned off. That's never happened before, but it's okay. I've got a brand new computer on the way to me. So this won't happen anymore. We're going to be, we're going to be doing some great stuff here on the podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed. Again, you can get in touch with me, follow me on social media and remember Twitch Tuesdays. That's what we're trying to do every 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Won't happen every week, but just trying to get it down to you know a regular schedule. And of course, every Wednesday, I'll be on with Mike Howell talking about all the great new music that you need to know about. We probably won't talk about too much country music, but now that Tay on my radar, who knows? Anyway, I will leave you with the tune. Here's a new one from Tay It's called Shotgun Rider. Country music on lead singer syndrome. Peace of love. See you next time.
1: Girl, you could be my shotgun rider Sitting pretty in a shotgun seat With your long hair blowing out the window And got you looking like a top-down dream might find a little heaven in the headlights, way out there under the pines. Yeah, we could pull an up on nighter and you can be my shotgun rider. If you're in the mood for some Alabama, baby, I can put them on. If you wanna cruise down to Atlanta, we can go anywhere you want. Take a two-lane road or a back street Take long, girl, as long as you love me If I got you right here, right beside me Then I'm right where I wanna be Girl, you could be my shotgun rider Sitting pretty in a shotgun seat With your long hair blowing out the window Got you looking like a top-down dream Might find a little heaven in the headlights We could pull up on ladder. And you can be my shotgun rider. Let me show you where I came up. The parking lot where we blazed up. I'll show you everything for me to see. It ain't much, but it is to me. No, girl, no, it won't take long Just a couple more country songs Playing on the radio And then I'll take you home Girl, you can be my shotgun rider Sitting pretty in the shotgun seat With your long hair blowing out the window Got you looking like a top-down dream you Might find a little heaven in the headlights Way up there under the pines Yeah, we could pullin' up on nighter and you can be my shotgun rider. Take for a take for a Girl, you can be my shotgun rider. Sitting pretty in a shotgun seat. With your long hair blowing out the window. Got you looking like a top down dream. Might find a little heaven in the headlights. We've been pulling up all night And you can be my shotgun rider